This is Rich Sis speaking right now. Hi. And I'm Broke Sis. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a cigarette butt that has been stomped on. Recognize this lovely voice. <laughs> Shut up. Oh, you are indeed lovers out there. Okay, anyways. <laughs> Hey, Broxes, how are you? I am doing all right. Yeah. We're doing all right. All right. All right. I'll, I'll leave it at all right. Okay. okay. How are you, Rich Sis? How, how I'm a, are you doing? I'm doing okay. Things are looking up in Seattle. Mm. Um, protests have not stopped, but it hasn't been as dangerous. Right. Um, TBD on what will happen this weekend. But we're hoping mm-hmm. that it stays that way. Right. Um, Most yeah. definitely. Yeah. Just want to um, keep the protesters safe because there's been a lot of violence against them and agitators and stuff like that. So. Right. Um, glad to see that it's that hasn't been the case for a couple of weeks now. Yeah, that's that's really good to hear, actually. Yeah, it's it's. You know, with things going on in Portland, we'll see how that goes. But so far, so good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you want to give a, an update? Yes, update to our listeners. This will be our final episode. End of sentence. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so this is going to be our final episode. Um, I think that, um, Brooks, you want to talk about why we're ending the episode, the the show? Yeah, I think for for me, I'll say, is that I feel like it's come to a natural end, sort of like a good job that treats you well, and then you're ready to take the next step to another, another job, another... Um, company or whatever the case so that's I think is for me why we're ending and you know I, I mean I think that's really that's really the most of it I don't have too much to add to that it's just has come to a natural halt and closing yeah so I would say and I hope you don't mind Brooks, but just to fill y'all in a little bit yes, um, yes. you know Broxis is finishing up undergrad, yes. um, and wait, hold on. Let's just take a moment of silence <laughs> <laughs> for undergrad for being done oh. with undergrad. You know, congrats, I, congrats. I was one of those kids that liked going to school. I don't. I didn't like missing school. For me, like I was not jumping at the chance to miss school. Now, bloop. I'm just Bye. saying. Okay, I'm just Bye, saying bitch. that this system was not made for everyone. Okay, not made for everyone in terms yeah. of burnout, getting tired, or just sort of like. I'm, and I wouldn't particularly say that I'm burnt out, but I would say I've reached a point where I'm like, all right, okay, all right, checking my watch. What what day is it? <laughs> yeah. Broxis is done. 
And I'll say about to be done. I'm not done yet. I still well, got, yeah, she's about to be done. She's about you know, to be done. Still got a little more time. Let me get ahead of myself. Let me but, get ahead of myself. But I will be done very, very soon. Right. And I just want to say, like, I know for me, when I was done with undergrad, I was, I was ready. I was like, nah, I think I'm over this. I'm, I'm good. I think I got everything. <laughs> I, I, and I did enjoy undergrad I, as far as, right. <laughs> <laughs> and I did enjoy undergrad as far as like. You know the the general experience, and you know I I did enjoy I I enjoy learning and stuff like that, but I was also just ready to be done with all of that. Chuck the deuce. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. So yeah, congrats to Broxis. But with that comes you know transitions, thinking yes. about what you really want to do with, you know, your time and how you want to prioritize your time and your efforts and energies. And so essentially Broses came to me and was like, yo, I think I want to stop doing the pod. And I was surprised, but also like really happy that she could, you know, come to me and be like, um, this is, you know, where the road ends for me. And we had a really good conversation um that's a lie folks she said speak to my lawyer (laughs) (laughs) as if i have a lawyer (laughs) no i'm just kidding carry on (laughs) um but we did have a really good conversation i wish i had the audacity (laughs) (laughs) i wish i had the audacity to be like uh nah i'm gonna have my people call your people (laughs) okay um, but yeah, it was a really good conversation. I am sad, or I was mm. sad. I'm not sad as much now because it's just like you know, it's the end of an era. Yeah. But um, I'm really happy to sort of move on to you know whatever the next project will be for me, whether it's podcasting or writing or whatever. Um, Which I'm excited to see as well. Yeah, I'm. I don't know what exactly is going to happen, but it's it. I, I'm a firm believer you know that when one door closes another one opens and that's exactly how i feel about this for both of us so amen um yeah so it's pretty good and y'all will have access to our episodes you know i think for at least another year um and then um you'll probably i don't know what we'll do we'll we'll see what goes into these i mean nothing is ever scrubbed from the internet but our episodes are not going anywhere anytime soon just so you know um yeah so that's yeah. the update. Yeah, I'm just really, I am doing exactly that, figuring out what exactly I want to do, what the mm-hmm. future can look like for me, and what I really want to hone in on um, with my degree and with my, my skills and all that stuff. So, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So, moving on. I mean, that's really our update, quarantine update, and everything yeah. like that. Yeah. So why don't we get into the culture probe? Culture probe. Culture activated. probe. Activated. <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to, this culture probe is going to be kind of like a, you know, just like a grab bag style. Is that what you would call it? Like we're going to talk about a couple different things yeah, that are going on in the so. ethos. Yes. So um, I wanted to talk, take a moment to talk about Hamilton and the amazingness that came out on Disney Plus. For many of us, myself included, we were not able to snag tickets to the play because tickets are expensive no matter where you live. Yep. They are expensive. Yep, and yep. 
but I know it's great because I actually have, I know a couple of people who I knew from high school or from college who are actually in the show in um, New York City. So I was like, okay, I see the greatness. I see the greatness. Pew, pew. <laughs> yeah. So I know, we. let's just talk about first impressions. I loved it. I literally watched it with um, Booski on, we, st- we watched the first half on Friday night, the second half on Saturday, and then on Sunday I watched it again. It was just like so good. And I felt really, really connected to the story in a weird way, like Mm -hmm. because of the representation Mm -hmm. um, and the music. Oh, my God. I was shook. I was shook. I'm not a musical person. I'm not one of these people that like love. She's not. I can attest. (laughs) She's not. Listen, when these when these shows do these little sing along episodes, I'm ready to skip right the (laughs) F on over it. But this was and I have been listening to the soundtrack for a couple of weeks now. So since it came out. So <laughs> I loved it. Brooks, what about you? I would say my first impression was before finishing it. My first impression was this was a little bit overhyped. And then. Excuse me? Whatever. And yeah. then as I went on, I was like, okay. No, yes, this was a great show. I will say that for me, it felt extra long because my allergies were really acting up and like, that's a whole nother story, but I was in that moment kind of like uncomfortable and I hadn't watched it again, but it was definitely, definitely, definitely a great show and I really appreciated just the the I mean the music especially I've been listening to the music since it was a big hype just because I had hung out with people who saw it and they sort of put me onto some of the music and that kind of like got in my head so yeah I would definitely say like I, I really did did enjoy it but I also will say like I would obviously prefer to have seen it in person because it's not meant for the camera it's meant for the stage and um I'm glad I could watch it with that understanding uh because otherwise it's sort of you know it's sort of some things that are just like either like a little bit much or they they just read differently when it's a close-up versus you're sitting in a seat yards away from them you know what I mean absolutely so uh definitely it's a different experience, but I would say it, it was great. And I definitely have an appreciation for the diversity of the cast. And um, I would watch it again just because I don't think that everything can really hit from just watching it once. Facts. Um, I'm mad at myself for not sure. watching it before we did this episode. <laughs> <laughs> I um, watch it again. But I think that's really the extent for me of like, I thought it was great. And the music is a huge, huge part of the um the appeal for me i mean also obviously like it's an important story and your girl ain't no history major but um yeah i think again like i would have to i would want to watch it again and really dissect it and again what is it like two and a half three hours it's long so yeah listen if y'all could watch endgame y'all could watch hamilton okay (laughs) (laughs) i mean that's a fact that's a fact but um, 
Yeah, that's what I'd say. Yeah, cool. I think, and I, you know what? I'm really glad that they put the intermission because oh, I yes. feel like the first <laughs> time I watched it, it w- if it gave like that natural stopping point for me mm-hmm. to where I was like, all right, I'm tired. Like, let's finish watching this in the morning. Mm. And that's exactly what we did. And it really was, it was, it, I didn't feel like I missed out on anything. It was just like, cool. Right. I went to bed, you know, have some time to digest. And right. now we back at it in a natural place. Right. Um. I also want to mention like, okay, so King George's spit moment. Ooh, okay. <laughs> y'all Flashback. Gonna, that was. <laughs> y'all going to leave King George alone. Okay. But that's my, but that's my thing. It's made for the stage, not for a camera. Well, okay. I thought that was perfect for the camera, though. I was like, I'm glad they kept that because, yeah, it's a lot, but it gives you the understanding, knowing that this is not like a Hollywood-type movie. Like, it's literally them filming them on the stage. Well, yes. So right. it's I, like, I, but it also, for people who are not theater people, who are not familiar with, like, all of that, I think it gives that air of, like, okay, we get what they're going for in terms of, like, king george's persona like it gave i i told booski i was like i feel like it made him come off like as vile as the way they felt he was mm-hmm. like not even not regal like just kind of slovenly and like not really worthy of his his like his position his, yeah his position i could see that i could see that um that was nasty it was. That was. <laughs> I was like, "Yo, they kept that, okay, bitch." <laughs> and my my friend, I was watching it with my friend, and she was telling me about a show how how she had seen Newsies. Um, oh, and she, yeah, they yeah. sat up. They sat pretty close up front, and it was like they're obviously they're moving a lot, and it's there's a part where they like swing the jacket around, and all you could see is just sweat fly around Ooh. from off the jacket. And so, yeah, it's it's just a testament to how real it is. You are yes. sweaty. It's not cute yep. up close. No, it's you're not. sweaty. You're it's doing not a the lot. Hollywood. You're not version. exactly. It's not where you do. Oh, okay. Take five, everybody. Take lunch, everybody. Oh, we'll mm-hmm. film this next part tomorrow. No, dab that sweat off. All, exactly. You're doing this all in one set go. Yep. There's no exactly. like. Oh, let's try that scene again. No, exactly. You try yeah. that scene again tomorrow when you run through the whole thing all at once again. Right. Exactly. So, yeah. Um, so, That's yeah. Right. So, I I thought, you know, another reason I liked it, too, was just the themes are appropriate. I felt so many themes were appropriate for today. Talk Representation. Having a whole cast that was people of color pretty much. I think, I Yo, think except for King, King George. The situation. The Afro situation. I think there were a few Yo. dancers who were not of color, but um. I see. I wasn't sure because there was a couple people. Who I was like, are they not of color? But they could also be Latino, Latinx. And so I was like, well, you know, I don't want to necessarily we judge, but I know for a fact that they cast. They spe- specifically say there are few, very few, if any, roles for people who are not of color mm-hmm. in this play. So, and I think that the that is a testament to hair on yep. the stage. Okay. And not and and also versatility with it. Not yes. just trying to hide people's hair, like, oh let's put a wig on it. Oh, let's put braids on it. Let's no. Yeah. It was yeah. there, it was present, it was being shown, not being yeah. hidden, not being pressed, not being tucked. Yep. Yep. Exactly. Okay. This is what it was. And I think 
it tells you like on the one hand, like I feel like people's response to there, there were some negative responses to it being, you know, a cast of people of color. Right. Mm -hmm. But I'm just like the, to me, I feel like your response goes to show how much you don't care when people of color are erased in actual history. Right. Right. Like, cause when it comes to other historical events, you know, depictions of even like Jesus depictions of, you know, the Egyptians, it's completely double, double freaking bloop. Cause I really believed as a kid that Egyptians were white. Right. I mean, when somebody told me that Egypt was in Africa, I was confused. Right. And see, that's the thing is like, like you, the Egyptians come in many shades. There are many of them that do present as white. However, ancient Egyptians and like, however, like Cleopatra, we exactly. pretty much know that they were dark skinned. So come on. Y'all could cut that out. Cut um, the bull. I also thought that, you know, it was really interesting to speak about, like, you know, to see everyone who dies in the, the play as dying as a result of gun violence. Again, mm. something that has really, really been appropriate in our culture and continues to be for the last couple of years has been really, really prevalent. And I talking think about some, I'm sorry, but Hamilton talking about some point at the sky. <laughs> it's on, they'll, if they're honorable, you'll survive. <laughs> yeah. And it, but if it's I was, just, uh, what's you, her name? Eliza? No. Peggy? Who did he mean? Huh, um, wait, I was about to say Theodosia, and that's definitely not. <laughs> Theodosia, what show is that? <laughs> that, <laughs> that was Burr's um, <coughs> wife. Um, oh. What was his name? Damn, that's wrong. Aaron Burr? Yeah. Burr, was that was the, Hamilton's that Theodosia wife. Was the woman he was with. Hamilton's wife was Peggy? No, that, no, was, it, that was Eliza? No, it wasn't Eliza. Angelica. No, it was Eliza. No, you're right. You're right. It okay. was Angelica. Angelica was the one that he he had like unrequited love for. Mm, that's a whole other story. But... <laughs> um, if I was Eliza, I'd be pissed. I'd be Listen. what this this woman. Shoot, but I think so. Let's talk anyway, about it. Sorry, so, like, I think no. I think we should talk about that, like women's role in the narrative, right, and in history, mm-hmm. where mm-hmm. like Eliza kind of like takes herself out of the narrative when, um, you know he basically exposes his affair which by the way there are historians who believe that it wasn't actually an affair that he made that up um and hmm. yeah that he, he like made up the letters and everything like that there's historians that believe that um uh so y'all y'all can go google that that was i was like well there's some fresh tea up in here Ooh, uh, okay. <laughs> sip, sip. <laughs> but um also like angelica's you know, thoughts are, you know, her saying like, my goal is to marry rich. My goal is to bring wealth and prosperity to my family. My, or my father my doesn't have any sons. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's, but even, yeah. So that was kind of like her responsibility slash what she saw her role was, which is why she didn't go for Hamilton. But also you see her as someone who's also like an emerging like she's she's also emerging feminist. Like she wants women to be included right. in the Declaration of Independence. She wants them to have equal rights as well. What I would um, say it was interesting how much of the story, how much of Eliza's story, I feel how much of that was told from Angelica's point of view. I thought mm-hmm. that choice was interesting, and I didn't particularly. I didn't. I'm not gonna say I didn't like it, but I don't know if it sat completely comfortably with me that um a lot of it was told from angelica's point of view because it to me it really came off as like well this is about or or like 
like as if Angelica is the main character when really the I I would I would challenge to say that um Eliza is the main person's story who we follow and if we're comparing the sisters the three sisters well you know what I actually will challenge your challenge because (laughs) I actually feel like that speaks to the fact of one Angelica's role right she even in her sister's marriage like she is a confidant for Alexander she is someone who coaches him she's rooting for him she's telling him you have someone who's you know who's an ocean away rooting for you like go go for it and you know I think Eliza also looks to her in that way to sort of support her and guide Eliza because that's you know that's your oldest sister that's the matriarch of the family right right and I think that's why I, I think also like uh, Eliza has taken herself out of the narrative in many ways. And so, mm. you know, even when Alexander dies, she decides, well, I'm going to make sure that his life's work is told. Like I'm going to make sure that his story is told. Right. And so I was like, it's that's an interesting that's, way to look at it too as well. Yeah. And it's, it's also not to say that she necessarily didn't want to, or didn't have a desire to, but maybe she felt, maybe Eliza felt like, you know, this is what the, the more strategic thing to do is to actually speak to his accomplishments and what he did for the country. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, you know, being held back as a woman, people don't know people today, people don't want to hear your narrative. Right. So right. it might have been a better move for them to tell his narrative, um, especially for their family. I don't know the history around that, but it is, you know, I think that I liked that Angelica was a, I don't say I don't, I was a main character. I, I would say, I, I feel like I heard from them both, equally Eliza and Angelica because Eliza talks about you know having kids she talks about the impact of the affair like in in the play mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and so I was like okay we're we're see we're not not seeing you um, right okay oh I <laughs> challenge to but, your challenge okay that's that's a fair challenge to my challenge you know I don't have any rebuttal but I still you know I'm like oh, okay okay but I could see your I could see your point from from that point of view as well um, definitely favorite song hands down is burn which is um eliza's song about you mother effer you mm-hmm. cheated and you told the whole world and you brought this girl in our bed and all this mm-hmm. stuff and that my favorite song hands down honestly hands down. my favorite song fluctuates every week i had a week where i was like dear theodosia <laughs> And I had another week I'm where like, I was, was I like, sleeping during that part? Dear Theodosia, like that's Aaron Burr's like whole thing. Dear Theodosia, that's his like I think like signature song in a way where he's like talking to his daughter. Um, no, no, no. This is before he has the daughter. It's one of the signature songs of Aaron Burr in the show, and I love that song. Mm-hmm. Um, I think too. Um, no, dear Theodosia is no. That's the that's when he has his. See, they named the daughter Theodosia as well, so mm-hmm. it's like the mom is Theodosia. Um, so there's two songs where he talks about Theodosia. One is um, where he writes the letter to the mom. I'm right, like I'm keeping your bed warm while your husband is away. Um, and <laughs> then there's the song. I think it's that's dear Theodosia where he's like speaking to his daughter. Mm-hmm. Who, I remember the song where he's speaking to his daughter. I just yeah. don't remember the her name being Theodosia or whatever tone you were singing, but I got Theodosia you. Theodosia <laughs> writes me a letter every day. Um, you can cut that out of the pot. You don't have to put that in the episode. 
Cut my maybe I will. Out, maybe I will. Cut my singing out, please. <laughs> maybe it'll be the new theme song for the oh, final episode. <laughs> um, yeah. So I, yeah, I. Those are some things that I really, really liked. Um, the you know immigration aspect again, really, really important. Still, really relevant now. I would highly agree with that. Super relevant, and I was like, please let these people know. Like it wasn't hidden. It was like in your face. Yep. Remember that an immigrant created this, like an immigrant. Yep. Just remember that shit. Yep. Let it be known. Let it be known. Let it be known how much immigrants contributed. And still contribute. Right. Like stop. We get the job done. Stop, honey. Stop. Okay. Cause you need us. Okay. 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 <laughs> Um, yeah, so we can move on from Hamilton unless you have anything else. I don't have nothing else. Okay, okay, okay. Um, um so, so, dear thick cannon. Ooh, sir. I would say actually, I start off on the backwards end of this and. From his tweet that was basically like, you know, I made a mistake and turned around and I apologize for it and turned around just to be called a sellout by my own people. And um, I would say I stand with Nick in terms of um, if you feel you made a mistake and you apologize for it, that's like I'm not sitting here calling him a, a traitor or a sellout or whatever. Yes, I so, I I agree. He listen. Let's let's not get it twisted. Nick Cannon has been in this business for decades, a long time. He was really okay, young, and he, he went through the time of people calling him all types of stuff. Yeah, not liking him. He worked to get where he yes. is. Okay, he worked yes. his butt off, and nobody can deny that. Whether you like him or not, whether you think he's yeah. corny or funny or whatever. There's no doubt he, that he worked his butt off. He's contributed to the culture in so many ways, but also contributed to just like like American culture. Like you can right, thank yep. Nick Cannon for Team Nick, like that. He he's a big part of that. Mm. Um, and I'm I, I also think you know Wild and Out has been a staple for years. Like and has come on, set off many. Careers. Come on, he's a really really talented host. Okay, like he has his flaws, and his whole rant was wrong. And I, but I also think that, you know, the same way that we are apt to forgive, I don't know, white people just in general, mm-hmm. when they say stuff that's messed up, when they do stuff that's wrong, um, mm-hmm. we're like, listen, give an apology, mm-hmm. do this, do that. And I think he had to see why he was wrong. I think, you know, there's a lot of black people who are not familiar with Judaism, black people in America. There are many black people who don't know any black jewish people and i think oftentimes the way judaism is presented to us is as a culture that is predominantly white and um that may be the case in america that's not necessarily the case everywhere right Right, right. um and i also think that 
um, you know, we need to make sure, and Nick has a responsibility, right, to make sure that when he's talking about these theories and he's the, you need to have somebody who knows this shit, like who's a scholar in this, who's actually Jewish when you're talking about these things so that they can right. correct you when you fuck up. Right. Um, and a lot of the stuff that's coming, came out of his mouth or whatever about like Jewish people and banking and all that kind of stuff, it was, was not put in the correct context and mm-hmm. was essentially what he was saying was incorrect it was it was incorrect you know and a lot of what he was saying is erased the fact that there are black people who are jewish right um and so and then you know i'm sorry but this hotep ish type thing you know please nick just hop off it i hope this is a lesson to him to hop off that but that being said what what was it i feel like his whole I, i feel like the rant got into hotep territory what is that you don't know what a hotep is oh girl we can't talk about this right now we gonna have to i'll fill you in later but this you know hotep is you know (laughs) you're not gonna tell the people oh i don't have a a a strict definition or whatever but essentially like hoteps are those black men typically who are try to come at you with some like philosophical misogynoir or like patriarchal way like hashtag my ex (laughs) hashtag we are kangs hashtag you know we you know we need to submit to us hashtag kiss our feet type shit like that kind of stuff and um no boo boo no yeah (laughs) um so yeah i think that um you know I think uh, I don't not incredibly familiar with Farrakhan's work, but a lot of like to me when he got into that whole part about Farrakhan and da, 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 who he has said a lot of things that has been anti-Semitic and, and misogynistic and mm-hmm. definitely I was like, okay, so are you dabbling into Hotep t- territory and you're trying to call it, um, you know, facts and reality, the reality is you are not telling people the facts and the structures that were in place that pushed Jewish people in a certain, into a certain system. The same way we talk about, you need to talk about the structures that are in place to keep black people, you know, in a certain place in society to keep black people on welfare and things like that. So I think that, you know, you, this is why I say like, you need to have somebody with you who is from that community, who is, or a scholar of that kind of stuff to sort of actually have a real dialogue with you. So you're not stepping into stuff that you, like, you don't, you're not, Nick is not Jewish. You're not Jewish. You are talking to someone who is also not, you're talking about someone who's also not Jewish. You're talking to someone in this conversation who has said things that are really anti-Semitic, right? So you put yourself in a position to be fucked up. And I'm super happy that he acknowledged that. And all y'all that are still on him, when there's so many people that give out these fake ass apologies, Hmm. refer to our previous episodes so that you, you, we we talk about those people too. (laughs) Um, Okay. Uh, you gotta kind of like, you know, you you right. you you gotta. Um, I think I mean, that this er- is fair. Everybody for him. forgot Kim K's little Ooh, slave picture, right? Mm-hmm. Everybody forgot about you. Forgot about that, right? You buying her makeup, right? Mm-hmm. You keeping up with the with the K, right? Mm-hmm. You forgot about that, but now it's oh Nick Cannon, da, 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 right? Yeah, and I'm like y'all want y'all are very forgiving of white people and whiteness and 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 I and I I think this I'm not talking to white people I'm talking to everybody I'm talking to everybody that was after you know coming after Nick Cannon when he apologized you right. know y'all are quick to 
continue to follow and and purchase and and stand over these women that don't give a shit about us and and or these and, and these women and men that don't give a shit about us and exploit our culture. So you know, Nick Cannon actually adds to the culture. Like he's bringing things and, to the culture. He's not perfect, we, but he actually, you know, I I feel like I'm like he gave his apology and and I think that's fine. You know, right. I hope that he's okay mentally. He seemed a little. He seemed like he was really in a bad place on Twitter. So, yeah, I, and I hope he knows that there are people out here who are like, you know, we we got you. We're with you. We're not hating on you. And right. and again, like like you said, he's not perfect. Nobody's perfect. And we had this conversation referred to past episodes <laughs> about <laughs> cancel culture and where does that get us if nobody can make a mistake and come back from it right right and that is the whole purpose of like cancel culture is like you're not teaching people anything you're not allowing people the space to learn from their mistakes you're right. and it's also you can't really most of these people you can't even really cancel like like they're already rich they're already <laughs> like they, you know what i'm saying like but i do think it's something to holding people accountable and being like you need to do better and here's why you're wrong and here's exactly. how you can do better right that's what we need to do like we need to because you know, let's al- be real cancel culture is not working because we see it in the jail system you get canceled because you got arrested so you're canceled from professional jobs or from living in certain places your rights are canceled right and as opposed to learning especially if you have a mental health um situation you you just get canceled and you don't get a chance to redeem and learn because it's oop you got arrested you get canceled and then and then that's it for you you can't you don't get a chance to there's so many things in place that keep you from coming back from a mistake that you made and everything is different, but you know, you get, you get the idea. Yeah. And I think too, like, why are we canceling people? You can't in one breath cancel a person and then be like, Oh my God, mental health and people need self care. And but y'all, y'all out here canceling actual people. Like think about that. Like I understand being like, listen, I don't, you have the right to support who you want to support. Right. And I absolutely feel like there is power there. There is power in not supporting people anymore. But the way y'all be acting like completely can't like, nope, I don't care what this person says or what this person does. Da, 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 da. We're right. human beings. Nobody's perfect. Nobody right. is perfect. And when you look at people who actually get canceled, when you look at people who actually like, you know, you know, they, they get to make these shitty apologies or they get to get away with it by and large it's white people that still get to get away with this shit. Mm. So it's, it's not working to be like, Oh, cancel this person. Y'all wasn't canceling Camila Cabello. Like y'all not canceling Ariana Grande. You know what I'm saying? It's like, yeah, one, can you really, but also like you got to hold these people accountable. Right. Mm. Well, I'm good Nick on that Cannon. one. <laughs> Next on the docket. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I felt like it, we needed to talk about that because I, I do think, you know, black people and there's a lot of historical pain and historical, you know, um, or generational trauma that is in both communities. And I think that we we can support each other much in a in a much more effective way. Um, and Cannon just needs to give the facts, not whatever he was given before. Right. Um, on a, I guess this is more of a little bit of a sidestep, mm-hmm. um, but moving forward or moving on, I just really wanted to bring up um, 
standing with Jennifer in Valley Stream, just because that one, you know, really felt, well, one, I felt like it was so different because here was a situation where there was power to prevent something from happening. And if you don't know, Jennifer in Valley Stream is a, a Black woman with a child who basically has been harassed um, with racial threats and and um, just harassed on her own private property. She has cameras. She's actually left alone and just being harassed. And I just thought, one, obviously, we're from, we're from New York and we know where Valley Stream is. We're not from there, but we know exactly where it is. And um, to hear that, I don't know. It just, it sat different to hear it from a place that's a little closer to home, which, you know, things that are closer to home always hit a little different, but also on top of that, being that the situation was like, Hey, listen up. This is something that's happening. And I think that's something that we haven't seen for a little while because we have seen it on social media, people showing like, listen, I'm being harassed, but I think we hadn't seen it in a while. And in the climate that we're in now, the, the uproar that we're in right now, seeing that is like listen this can be prevented yeah and i I think i think so with her situation too i just want to add like she took her neighbors to court and won she won a civil settlement um, against them because of the harassment and you know now obviously it's a little bit harder to go to the court system because of covid but she also um you know she was saying that they continue to harass her and get their friends to harass her Mm. spinning on her property like burying dead squirrels on her property and shit like that and i'm just like a lot of people feel like there's a lot of people who believe that if you you know get your and and this is perpetuated by black people too if you get your house you get your coin um and trust me like having having property and wealth and everything is very important get good grades get your degree but at the same time that does not mean that you will not be harassed at a different level this woman has her house she's not bothering anybody you know she's literally you know going into her house with her kids she's a single mom and y'all are harassing her because she's black Think about exactly. that. Think about that. People think that, oh, that was back then. That don't happen now. Nope. Look at this is happening. Welcome to 2020. Now. This is happening now and has been happening to her, right? Because she and it's really, court. And that goes to show like it's in plain sight. It's not like, oh, that doesn't happen anymore or, you yep. know, nobody's like that or people don't do that. No, they're doing stuff. They're yep. harassing they people of harass color, you. black people, okay? Yep. They, they will do it and when so, when presidents want to get on the podium and say certain things or when justice is not served when someone is murdered then those people know they can do that and think they can get away with it yeah and but also i'd also just want to bring up too like this is where it starts it starts at home right Mm. those people have kids those people say things in their homes to their kids it starts at home as well yeah, like because when a kid it, is saying it, it they don't know what they're saying uh, right exactly this is a big big part of it like and y'all have to stop acting like oh it's not it's not just the police it's in it's it's pervasive and insidious and mm-hmm. you need to literally y'all who are in positions of power need to stomp that shit out when it happens exactly exactly because so. guess what if we all knew we could go to the store open up the cash register take that money and get away with it we would all be doing it. Right. Okay. But. Right. Or there wouldn't be no. If there's no cons. Exactly. 
Mm-hmm. If there's no consequences, then hello. Facts. So I just wanted to, we wanted to speak on that and touch on that. Do we want to talk about Jada and Will? Let's just do a little brief, brief. Oh, I don't know. God. No, mm-hmm. never mind. I don't want to talk. <laughs> he, I just will say this. I <laughs> will say that, you know, I'm seeing a lot of people talk about a situation that ultimately we know very little about. Right. So I will just say, you know, August is doing his thing. He's selling his records. He's he put out his entanglement record and everything. And mm-hmm. I think, you know, everything that he does, I feel like, again, uh, to me, Jada has not refuted anything that August said. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, the fact that this is continuing and is becoming a little bit of a spectacle, I think at this point, um, is telling. Y'all just want to mind somebody else's business, okay? Uh, That's what I mean, it is. Well, they, they put it out there for, right, August put it out there for us. I will say Well, that. I mean, so, yeah. But with that, I mean, like, you know, and we kind of talked about this before off offline, but Will and Jada have been so forthcoming about their relationship. Mm-hmm. If whatever the structure of their relationship with August involved, not involved, whatever, it's at the end of the day, it's not any of our business, one. And they don't have to be forthcoming. They've been so so forthcoming and I feel like a lot of the uproar about it is really just being invasive and judgmental to however they handle their relationship but at the end of the day it ain't your relationship you're not in it and it doesn't affect you I I agree I also want to just like touch on I know a lot of people are calling you know Jada abusive and a predator and all this kind of stuff and I'm not an expert but I do know that when a survivor which August is not not because of Jada because of things that happened to him when he was young when a survivor comes forward I think it's really important to believe them and as far as I have seen August has articulated as a grown man reflecting back on a relationship that there was nothing sinister and I think it's important to believe that despite however you feel about Jada I think to debate whether it was appropriate or inappropriate I think that's you know up to you but I think it's a bit of a stretch to call her a predator and an abuser and things like that I would agree Um, I just want to put that out there um but again August has already said he has he still has love for that family he that was one of his greatest loves and I think that we should respect that agree that's all I will say bloop So, let's talk about some monthly unicorns. Monthly unicorn. Our final monthly unicorn. Final, final. Yes. Final unicorn. Do you want to go first? Uh, yeah, I'll start. So, <coughs> a gamer that I know. Yes. Shout out to at Wandering Carabao on Instagram and Twitch. Okay, a streamer I know put me on to um, some black women streamers and among them, one who goes by Ninjala, um, another Movana, and another Bliskai. I don't know if Bliskai identifies as a black woman or if she is a black woman, but they're all women of color and they played on a team for Netflix um, gaming tournament and oh. they won. Okay. 
Okay. And okay. so like the headlines, the headlines had said like, you know, this black woman, Ninjala leads her team to victory in the tournament. I don't know why that is. And that was, um, that was on Afrotech's according to Afrotech. I don't know if they didn't really specify why i mean I, I suppose that she was probably their team leader but she you know they're a team of three all women of color and what she posted was what she posted was guess who won netflix old guard in- invitational mm. that be me bliss kai and Movana. can someone say black girl magic okay yes. so shout out I'm to here y'all for it. breaking down barriers okay breaking down barriers and really showing showing them who's boss showing them that gaming is not gaming and tech is not just for the boys okay boom so and and there's lots of prejudice in in that field and in that realm so shout out to y'all killing it and not just as women but women of color so snap on that nice I'm super excited. Is that gonna be te- like on Netflix? Like, we can we watch the gaming tournament, or is it I just something they did? If they the, hosted. So, the I don't. I'm not. I wasn't clear on it because the tournament was as sort of a promotion for something that Netflix is coming out with. Ah, okay. So I would check um, Old Guard Netflix Old Guard. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's the name of what's going to be coming out. I don't know if that's going to be something that's interactive or what, but, um, stay tuned for that. That is something that is coming out and happening soon. So, but the gaming nice. tournament, I believe you could watch on their streams or their YouTubes. So, um, again, Ninjala, Mulvana and Bliss Kai. Okay. Nice. Yeah. so i wanted to shout out um i want to use our last episode to shout out some black business owners um and creators and i wanted to shout out um my therapy cards which were created by dr ebony dr ebony is a licensed psychologist food relationship strategist consultant author and host Okay, and she developed my therapy cards as a way to essentially get folks to move beyond, you know, the fluffy that we see on social media around self-care and really, really do the work. Mm. So, you know, I know a lot of us love affirmations and I think affirmations are really, really helpful. But these cards are not affirmations. They are there to guide you and help you through the process of self-exploration and self-discovery. Right. And so it's really about working through mental blocks creating good habits trick mm-hmm. and you know thinking about your trigger responses and and things that really just no longer work for you right. and so she had them on pre-order i believe you can still order them now um and I so i'm definitely gonna get me a deck um, especially in these covid times a girl needs to whoop, make sure um but she has a website where she basically details you know what the what the process is which is more than just like having the therapy cards, but also I believe what she's going to do is create a way for folks to engage with people who have um, like a private group is what she's calling it, where you mm-hmm. can engage with people who are go- working through um, the therapy cards. And so uh, I think right. pre-order was in May. Um, I think June, um, 
is where you can join. She's asking people to join a private group if they want. And then I think the release date has officially been in July. Um, and so, yeah, I'm really excited. They look really pretty and you can find them at mytherapycards.com. That's awesome. Yep. I want a, I want a deck yes. to go right up next to my affirmation card. Okay. Okay. So we can go work together to help. Ooh, I just it's a black girl on the cover. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> and again, just Dang, for, she look good. Yeah, she yeah. does. She does. Doctor. <laughs> Doctor. Okay. 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 Um, yeah. Thank you. So I wanted to shout her out. Who's her barber? That's what I want. I don't know. <laughs> Shut, that hair is looking right. That undercut popping. Boom boom. All right, I love that. I I definitely need to get me some. Definitely. Mm-hmm. I mean, Christmas is coming around, Rich. So okay. So oh wait, what? Hmm? All right, moving Christmas. on. <laughs> so, um, next for me are these two young people. Madison and Christian, a young black girl and and a black boy um, who competed in Harvard's international debate competition and won. And so I I found this on Instagram and there are articles too about it. And but what it says is for the third consecutive year, the the Atlanta based Harvard Diversity Project brings home the championship from Harvard's international debate competition, which was held virtually this year. Madison, which is a girl, and Christian, the boy, secured the victory, making history as the first black girl and the youngest black boy to win the tournament. So, bloop, and a repeat victory, exactly. Oh. Perfect five to zero. Okay, got it. Okay, get it. Boom. I Boom. always wished I did debate in in high school, and I didn't. I should have. I wish that. Popping. No, I'm just kidding. I didn't. <laughs> I was gonna say I wish I didn't spelling bee, but no. I did a spelling bee in <laughs> I think you did do a spelling bee, yeah. I did a spelling bee for a very short like two days in elementary school and I misspelled America. Damn. <laughs> Sorry about that girl. Yeah. Sorry about that. But you did you got further than I did. Shoot. <laughs> but um, yeah, so shout out to them. Break, yes. That's like young people breaking barriers. And, and it just goes to show people think that, oh, the barriers are broken. Oh, there's no more this, there's no more that. When there's, yeah. there's still firsts to be yeah. had in the realms of diversity. Okay. So come on. Come on. Okay. Okay. Um. So, yeah. So basically my final... Um, Monthly Unicorn is going to Urban Skin RX and is a Black-owned beauty brand, skincare brand, really. And I just want to shout that out, them out. I've been using their products for a little while now, and I actually just got Booski onto their moisturizer. Mm. And, you know, I think they have a range of products. They have moisturizers. They have these, I think their cleansers are really great um, on the skin. I feel like, you know, I definitely see a difference in, like, in using their cleanser. I, I don't typically spend too much money on cleanser. Um, I don't feel like for my type of skin, I don't need anything really fancy. I'll tend to spend more on like a serum or something like that. But their cleanser, which is really affordable, is really, really good. A little bit goes a long way. So it lasts. Um, and they, they, you know, they cater to all skin types. So get on there. 
I'm looking forward to see what they continue to come out with. They are at Ulta, but they also have, um, they have their stuff on Amazon. They also have their own website. Um, mm. So I think you can get it from either of those places. I think the prices are a little bit cheaper on their website than they are on um, Amazon. Oh, okay. Um, and Ulta actually was having a sale for some of their products, which was buy one, get one 40% off. So I don't know if it will still be going on by the time y'all hear this episode, but get into it okay their stuff is really great i think the packaging is really smart um i think um if y'all are familiar with like uh moisturizers that you sort of like instead of like pumping it out you push the top and you and the the amount that you need for your face comes out um it's sort of it's like a it's kind of like a button that you push sort of like and the the moisturizer comes out and i think that's really really smart packaging um and yeah just wanted to shout them out go get their stuff yeah hopefully they'll come out with some important yeah hopefully they'll expand their line um i know that's difficult to you know probably do right now during covid but hopefully they will be able to expand their line because i like their stuff a lot i got a whole pimple as we speak just itching to be taken out (laughs) be taken care of it's about to go down after this (laughs) (laughs) but yeah that's all we got Thank you. Honestly, like, thank you to everyone who's been listening. Yeah. Thank you to everyone who is listening now. And I hope y'all can enjoy what we have put out. It's been almost two years. Yeah. And honestly, I, 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 I don't know what Rich this is going to do, but I could see her with her own <laughs> podcast, you know, some sort of content to be putting out of some sort but no you know no pressure (laughs) yeah keep following us on twitter our twitter is still live right now we're gonna obviously release you know updates um on where you can continue to find the episodes on twitter so yeah you'll hear from us soon yeah all right guys all right thank you for the support bye bye thank you for listening Our music is May the Chords Be With You by Computer Music All-Stars.